First up, we have Graham Kelly from, uh, from Noxa Farm, an Australian-based clinical stage drug development company that is focused on helping cancer patients improve their responsiveness to chemo and radiotherapies. Immunotherapy is just one of those uh, extraordinarily exciting uh, fields in oncology that uh, success, you know, not only means the better outcomes for cancer patients and uh, the greater good of humankind, but uh, potentially extraordinary commercial success too. Uh, Graham, it's a it's a space where there's obviously lots of goodwill, and um, you know everyone wants uh, companies, uh, I think, like yours to 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 succeed, um, but also lots of competition for a for a big prize, I guess. Um, so we'll hand over the control of the presentations to you now, and uh, look forward to hearing more about the story. Thanks, Warwick. Uh, well, just to repeat, my name is Graham Kelly, and I'm the CEO of Noxapharm, and welcome uh, to this presentation. Okay, well, the, the, the biggest action uh, in the pharmaceutical industry at the moment is the use of so-called immuno-oncology drugs, as, uh, as Warwick uh, mentioned, uh, or IO drugs, as they are known, uh, to treat cancer. In fact, after COVID-19, there really is no bigger search going on in the world at the moment for successful drugs. IO drugs are drugs that wake up the body's immune system and, uh, and they're designed to restore uh, the body's ability to fight the cancer through the immune system. Now, the first uh, IO drug to uh, come to market was called Yervoy, uh, and doctors got very excited about seven years ago when they saw some remarkable responses in some patients with advanced melanoma, uh, which is a, a cancer that once was uh, a universal death sentence. Uh, since then, that, that early excitement has had something of a reality check. Um, IO drugs certainly work wonders in some people, but their, but their effect uh, up to now appears to be limited to, to certain cancers, uh, particularly melanoma and lung cancer. Uh, however, most people with other, most other forms of cancer don't respond to IO drugs. Nevertheless, despite this somewhat limited success rate, um, Annual sales of IO drugs uh, are still hovering around the, the US $20 billion uh, figure, and, and many analysts see that growing five or, or ten times if we could get IO therapy working in more patients, which is why uh, virtually every major pharmaceutical company in the world is, 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 is trying to uh, work in this field. So there's a lot of work going on, uh, and response rates uh, across uh, different cancers are certainly beginning to improve, but we're still a long way from seeing this approach work in most people with most forms of cancer. So we believe at Noxifarm that we might just have the answer to this problem, and, uh, and that, that answer is an experimental drug called Beyonder. Um, now, IO drugs have become the flavour of the decade, simply because cancer represents uh, a failure of the immune system uh, to detect and destroy the rogue cells, such as cancer cells. And that means that if we can tip the scales back in favour of the, of the immune system, uh, that's a logical way to treat cancer. If, if the, if the immune, failure of the immune system is behind the uh, flourishment of cancer, then let's, let's uh, reverse that by activating the immune system. That's the logic. Uh, but the problem is that uh, this logic isn't working in most cancer patients. And uh, in the last 12 months or so, uh, science believed 
believes it has discovered why. And that is that most uh, human tumours lack any active immune cells. And then those tumours go one step further and set up a barrier to make sure that, uh, that the immune, immune cells stay out of the tumour. These tumours are referred to as cold tumours. If a tumour is cold, as unfortunately most human tumours appear to be, then there simply are no immune cells inside the tumour to be switched on. Uh, and the cancer is free to grow, impervious to uh, all current crop of IO drugs. Those patients that do respond to IO drugs appear to do so because their tumours already contain active immune cells and these tumours are referred to as hot tumours. And current IO drugs boost the effectiveness of what immune cells are present in those hot tumours, uh, causing the tumour then to be attacked uh, by the immune cells and, uh, and, and hence eliminated. So, just to reiterate, uh, the majority of tumours uh, in the majority of people are cold. Uh, the, it is a minority of cancers that are, are hot to begin with, and these are the tumours that uh, are responding to the, uh, the IO drugs. So the Holy Grail is, uh, is now seen as having the ability to convert all those cold tumours into hot tumours. And that's the multi-billion dollar prize that a lot of the companies, including Noxifarm, are chasing. Uh, so this is the four-step strategy that we are pursuing. Step one was to demonstrate in the laboratory that we had the ability to turn tumours from cold to hot. Uh, we'll be shortly uh, be releasing the details of this, but I can say here that uh, the mission has been achieved. Uh, and it is impossible to overstate just how much of a groundbreaking step this has been. Step two then was to take this new treatment into cancer patients uh, to look for evidence of it working in the clinic. And again, uh, we can say that uh, mission achieved. Step three means, uh, means taking us one step closer to commercialisation by repeating step two in a larger number of patients. So step three is a, is a, a large phase two study uh, to, uh, to provide uh, proof of concept data. And, uh, and that data is intended to, uh, to lead to step four, which is an industry deal. Now we could have picked any number of cancers to test this new approach uh, because we believe the effect will work across most forms of cancer. But we needed to pick one cancer, and for that we chose prostate cancer. Now this slide shows the normal progression of this disease through the various uh, treatment options until the cancer <coughs> eventually stops responding to treatment uh, altogether. And, man, and the man then enters what is known as palliative care. The focus of palliative care then uh, uh, is to make the patient as comfortable as possible. The scan on the right uh, shows the, the typical picture of end-stage prostate cancer where uh, each of those dozens of black dots represents a single tumour, most of which are in the skeleton. And uh, end-stage cancer uh, can involve dozens, even hundreds of these individual tumours. Uh, prostate cancer is a, is a disease of ageing. The older we get, the more likely we are to die from it. 
and uh, each year about uh, 360 men are estimated to die from prostate cancer uh, around the world uh, and that number is expected to double uh, in the next 20 years as life expectancies rise um, as living conditions improve. Uh, we're using prostate cancer simply as a test case for our drug Beyonder. It's not the end of the, uh, the way that we see uh, beyond it being used. But nevertheless, prostate cancer on its own is, is, a, is a problem worth solving. So <clears throat> the form of uh, IO therapy we're pursuing is called DART. And it involves a combination of Beyonder with radiotherapy. The concept is pretty simple, and that is that we are... We are using radiotherapy uh, and delivering it to between one or two uh, individual tumours in the body. Now remember, we're dealing with men who typically have dozens, even hundreds of these tumours, but we are just radiating uh, two or between one and two of those tumours. And the idea is to use the radiation to activate the immune cells within one or two tumours. Uh, and effectively converting them to cold, from cold to hot. Now, prostate cancer is, is a, a, has proven to be almost completely impervious to IO drugs, which is another reason we've, we've uh, chosen to uh, test this in, in prostate cancer. Uh, we've given ourselves a very high uh, hurdle to, to jump over. And, uh, and so in almost all prostate cancers in almost all men are going to be cold. So the radiation is converting one or two tumours from cold to hot. Then we're using the Beyonder at the same time with the aim of spreading that conversion to all other tumours in, in the body. So we want all other tumours to become hot. And, and if we can achieve that, that is something that's called an abscopal uh, uh, response or an abscopal effect. And it basically means that you're irradiating uh, one tumour in one part of the body and then uh, getting responses in other tumours elsewhere in the body. That, that's the term that's used to uh, describe that effect is abscopal. And we regard the abscopal response as the ultimate in uh, IO therapy. Now, the, uh, our pilot clinical study, which represents step two in our, our strategy, was called DART-1. And it, it uh, finished early this year. It involved 25 men. Uh, all uh, had exhausted all available treatments and were, were in palliative care. And they were treated with a combination of a low dose of radiotherapy and beyond. The treatment lasted two weeks in total, and the aim was to see what happened to these men six months later. Bearing in mind that at six months, most, if not all, of these men were expected to be dead or near death. Uh, now, there are two main reasons why new drugs never make it to market. The first is that they are uh, unsafe, they're too toxic. And the second is that they just don't work, or at least are no, are no better than available therapies. Now, happily, we passed the safety test uh, with a combination of Beyonder and low-dose radiotherapy being safe and well-tolerated. But on the all-important question of whether we see uh, or saw any evidence of the treatment delivering an IO benefit, the answer happily again was yes. Now, the first test of efficacy was what happened to PSA levels. PSA is a blood, blood marker uh, that uh, measures 
how actively uh, a prostate cancer is growing. And in our study, a high proportion of men showed big falls in their, uh, in their PSA levels, uh, again, indicating uh, an anti-cancer effect. The second test of whether the treatment is working was the level of pain. Uh, prostate cancer, as I mentioned earlier, mainly spreads to bones and bony tumours can be very painful, uh, requiring high levels of opioids. And again, we saw a high proportion of men experiencing a significant drop in pain levels, with uh, some men even becoming completely pain-free. And again, that's important evidence of an anti-cancer anti effect throughout the body, given that the pain is mainly coming from the skeletal uh, cancers. Bearing in mind, again, we only radiated one or two tumours and now we're dealing with tumours scattered throughout the body in the rib cage, the arms, the legs, and uh, the, the head, the skull. That's where the pain's coming from and that was, the, that was where we saw big, uh, big uh, drops in pain levels. And then finally, the, uh, the third and all important test of an anti-cancer response was the was the effect of the treatment on the number and the size of the tumours, and this is based on uh, CT or uh, MRI scans. And here again, we saw clear evidence of the disease either stopping growing or even shrinking in a high proportion of men. So based on this clinical data, uh, we're confident that what we have seen in a high proportion of men is, is, a, is an IO effect, an immuno-oncology effect. And this is something that has not uh, previously been achieved to anything like uh, this extent in prostate cancer patients. As I mentioned earlier, prostate cancer has proven to be um, almost completely impervious to immunotherapy uh, uh, treatment. And yet here we are seeing this high response rate uh, in, in these men. So on that basis, we now are confidently moving into, uh, in, into a, a phase two study to see whether we can repeat this on a, in a larger number of men. Uh, the planning for this multinational study has begun and the aim is to recruit the first patient uh, early in the new year. So we are looking at, the, at, at this upcoming uh, DART two study as our final step improving uh, this technology. If we can repeat in DART2 what we've seen in DART1, then we have every reason to, be, uh, to believe that our goal of an industry deal will be possible. And uh, we clearly can't put any, any particular number around what that, what that value might be or what the, the size of that deal might be. But to put this into context, uh, here uh, are the three most recent deals done in, in, in prostate cancer, uh, with the three of them uh, totaling uh, 20 billion US dollars. So that's the level of deal making we are uh, we are chasing, and uh, and we believe is possible. So uh, the key metrics, very briefly, just to finish up on uh, the most pertinent detail here is that uh, we recently completed. Uh, a successful rights issue. Uh, we uh, raised $7.9 million. The raise was managed by Canaccord. Uh, so we're adequately funded, uh, adequately funded for the moment to, to run our programs. So that's the, that's the, uh, the Noxa Farm story in a nutshell. I, I, I thank you for listening and I invite you to visit our website uh, to learn more about the company and, uh, and also contact the company if you 
at that at that uh, email address if you if you have any further questions. And so I'll hand back to Warwick uh, for any any other questions that might come from the floor. Yep, thanks. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Graham. That was excellent. Um, just uh, a question coming in from Richard. I think you did touch on um, on the DAR two uh, clinical trial, but um, when when do you expect those to be starting? And maybe just uh, step uh, step everyone through the the, the process of um, those trials and um, the, sort of the, the stages sure. they follow. Yeah. Well, a phase two study, uh, particularly involving about 200 men, uh, logistically uh, that's a big exercise. And this trial is going to be run uh, uh, in, in, in a number of different continents, uh, uh, North America and Europe um, uh, at least, and we may, may extend that into Asia. A uh, number of hospitals, well, it can be anything from 30 to 50 or even 60. And... Uh, so you can imagine the, uh, the, the logistics of uh, ranging all that. So it, it started, uh, and, and so the trial has started in the sense that the planning is now uh, underway, uh, and we expect all those, uh, the planning to continue until the end of the year and then um, uh, recruiting the first patient uh, early in the new year. And uh, um, uh, the, the, I guess the next obvious question after that is, well, when, when, when are we going to hear about uh, the results coming out of the study? And uh, the, uh, that, that's a difficult uh, one to, um, uh, to answer because uh, the length of, of the time it takes to complete the study is very much driven by the, the time it takes to recruit all the patients. We don't expect uh, that we're going to strike any problems with that because of the uh, just how common uh, prostate end-stage prostate cancer is. But irrespective of when the study will uh, formally finish, we've, we've built into this study a number of interim uh, 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 analyses. So at different points, we're going to be uh, uh, looking at the data and then we will report uh, what we're seeing to the market. So uh, it's an unblinded study, which means that uh, both we and the doctors know what's happening to the patients or who, what the patients are getting. So uh, and we're going to be comparing our, our treatment to uh, what is best standard of care. So there'll be two groups of patients. And, uh, and so we'll, we'll know as we go along uh, how, how the Yonder and the DART treatment is performing. And that, and that performance will be... Uh, relate to the market. So this is not a question of the the, uh, the the trial starting and then the company going into a cone of silence for the next two years before you hear anything. The market will be hearing of this as we go along. Right. Good to hear. Thanks for that. Um, question from uh, Chris referring to the competitive uh, landscape. Uh, perhaps just uh, outline how does Noxifarm distinguish itself from other oncology treatments? Yeah, well, we're we're certainly not alone in this. We, uh, we we're one of dozens of companies that we're aware of that are looking to 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 achieve what many believe is the holy grail, which is converting cold tumours into hot tumours. But to the best of our knowledge, we're the only ones with a drug that breaks down this this problematic barrier that cancers erect to keep themselves insulated from the immune system. And, uh, uh, and that's what Vionda does, and we believe that that fact is what distinguishes us and gives us what what we we believe is a pretty important uh, competitive edge. 
Um, Leon asks if um, at what stage the uh, the other just referring to the the M and A slide that you uh, spoke to uh, Graham. At what stage were those uh, drugs uh, at in terms of their trials before they were taken over, or were they already um, FDA? One of them was on uh, on the basis of phase two data, and that that's typically when uh, big pharma comes and, and and starts knocking on your door. Uh, phase two data uh, typically involves uh, enough uh, enough patients to be sure that what you're seeing is a real effect, and uh, and and phase two typically uh, has a control arm in it, so uh, you're able to. Uh, to, uh, from a statistical point of view, say, well, this, this, the drug has, or the treatment has delivered on, on, uh, on the benefit. Uh, and, of course, safety is another big t uh, uh, ticket item. Uh, so typically after phase two, which is why we, we are, we're building DART2 to be big enough to deliver the sort of data that uh, we believe uh, Big Pharma wants to see. So of, of those three deals, one of them was based on on, uh, on phase two data. The other two were based on uh, uh, phase one data. They hadn't even got into phase two. Uh, so it, it all depends just on the strength of your data and how, uh, where, where, the, where this experimental treatment fits and whether, whether there are other companies working in the same area uh, um, um, and how your drug compares to theirs. In our case, uh, we believe we've got a unique approach so um, that, that's, how we, that's why we're setting up phase two, and we believe that that will be the point at which we can hand this, this uh, program over to a, a, bigger, a bigger company. Yep. Uh, so perhaps just on, the, um, on that sort of uh, drug uh, development pipeline, uh, where, where does Beyond uh, sit in that uh, sort of... Uh, well, uh, okay, well, we... we if and when this this uh, Vionda is program is 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 on sold or on licensed uh, to uh, to another company, then uh, we need to have a, a pipeline that uh, continues the company's uh, allows it to uh, to keep going. Um, uh, I, I founded this company uh, some four years ago, not with the intention of uh, of selling it. It was. It, it, been designed as a, as a company with a technology platform uh, that will uh, will keep turning the handle and uh, producing um, uh, new drugs that will then go in, into the clinic. Beyond it, simply happens to be the first one uh, that, uh, that that came into the pipeline. But behind Beyonder, there's uh, there's two other programs that uh, that, that we've got uh, uh, reasonably well advanced. Uh, we don't talk about them very much, but they uh, they're, they're pretty important uh, uh, programs. One one has to uh, is, is dealing with a, a drug for the treatment of brain cancer, and the other for the uh, treatment of a of a tumor type called nasopharyngeal uh, carcinoma, which is uh, very few people have heard of, heard of, but it it is uh, one of the major uh, cancers uh, in in Asia. Uh, it's the fifth largest cancer in China, for example. So that, that, that's the pipeline, but uh, beyond there at the moment is out in front. Right. Um, we've had two questions come in about uh, the capital raising. Uh, one of them asks um, if you've attracted any institutional investors onto the registry. 
Yes, there were there were some institutions that participated in the uh, in the raise. They uh, they participated in the they were underwriters or sub underwriters. Uh, Canaccord was the uh, was the uh, lead underwriter, and then uh, there was a number of subbies that included um, uh, some uh, Australian funds. The other one just really um, was looking for clarity around um, if you were fully funded or if there was um, sort of additional uh, capital needed. Oh, I think, look, uh, biotech always needs capital. Uh, the the uh, the only the only way you can guarantee you don't need capital is to be unsuccessful. The more successful your drug, the further you take it, uh, the more money you've got to keep raising. But uh, the good news about that uh, is that uh, is that as you go through the different steps as we're doing, then uh, the market hopefully responds to different catalysts, and um, and the share price responds. The market cap goes up. It's easier. To, to raise capital and it comes at a less dilutive level and uh, so uh, yes if we if we take this um, as far as we expect to then uh, there's going to definitely be more capital raised that um, people people who invest in in drug development uh, should see that as a positive not a negative uh, you if you want to, if you want to take the Take a drug to a point uh, where you maximise its uh, its potential sale value. That requires investment, and that means that we've got to go back to the market. Yep, very good. Look, Graham. Um, perhaps just a last word from you. Well, thank you for listening. It uh, I uh, I enjoyed having the opportunity to to present. And as I said earlier, I uh, we're very open to uh, to further. Uh, questions or inquiries, so uh, people have the email address and they, they can just uh, can contact me through that. Yep, sure. Look, thanks very much, Graham. That was, uh, that was excellent, uh, very exciting uh, uh, progress from uh, from Noxifarm and, uh, yeah, all the best with it. We'll um, get some great questions coming through as well, so that's, uh, that's great engagement that we got in line.